Throughout our daily routine, we may experience situations that can bring us to an emotional reaction. For many of us, these are things like getting stuck in traffic, our kids or pets acting up, or maybe even our preferences not being met. What we may not realize is how most, if not all of these, are all connected to a bigger, deeper parent emotion from our past trauma that is reaching out its tentacles for attention. In this episode, we talk about what it means and looks like to proactively practice this work and why it's important to shift your vibration as efficiently as you can in some ways on how to do that. We are connecting some more dots and adding another puzzle piece to the overall structure and layout of this philosophy. Alexander and I are producing this podcast on a value-for-value basis, which means that if you enjoy the podcast, listen to it regularly, and really get a lot out of it, we would appreciate an exchange of value in return. And there are so many ways that you can do this for us. The first is sharing. Sharing is vital to the survival and spread of this information and making the world a better place. The more people who hear it, hopefully the more will resonate and do the internal work, stopping the ripple and spreading the vibe. You can also rate the podcast on iTunes and leave reviews on iTunes and wherever else that you are allowed to. Follow and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get the podcast. We would appreciate building our numbers there. If you prefer to exchange your value monetarily, we can definitely do that as well. We have a Patreon account set up. To do that, you would go to wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And of course, this is not a donation to us, but we do offer perks in exchange as a thank you. And one would be giving a shout out on this podcast. So we do appreciate those people as well who choose to give back to us monetarily because that allows us to buy more studio equipment and continue to spread this information. And the last is wanting to help us with any skills that you may have. We're not 100% sure what we actually need, but we're willing and open to hearing you out. So if you do have skills that you think you can help us with, please reach out to me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at wise-wise.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you so much for listening and giving back the value that you have received in return. And I think it was PBS that once said, your interest and support keeps this going. And that couldn't be more true. So big thank yous to everybody out there and much gratitude. And now, let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility welcome back I am Aaron I'm Alexander and you are here on the Wise Wise podcast. We first want to give a shout out to Brooke Townsend for being our most recent 
patron subscriber. Uh, thank you, Brooke. And thank you to everybody out there who is participating in our energy value for value exchange where you guys get the podcast and you just give to us in any way you see fit, whether that is monetarily through our patron where you could do wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, into your web browser and find us there. Or if it's sharing the podcast or subscribing to our Spotify or our YouTube, commenting on our YouTube, I've seen a correlation between how many comments we get and how many times YouTube shows it to other people. So there are these little hacks that are helping us get seen and heard by more and more individuals who wouldn't normally have access to this information thank and you, you guys are you. helping thank so you thank, thank you, you very thank much you. yes so alexander what are we going to talk about today well a subject that i think is worth bringing up is this term that i hear a lot about when people say that they're doing the work or they're working on their shadow side and what that actually means and we can't dissect what everyone out there means by that but we are going to shed some light on the just philosophy's view of what doing the work and being proactive in doing the work means. It's very similar to working out or strengthening, you know, parts of the physical body. The more consistent that we do it over a longer duration of time, normally the stronger you are and the longer it lasts. It's very similar to that saying that I like to use that Gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. So I think we're just going to kind of scratch that surface, maybe share some stories of of how I do the work and have done the work and how you've experienced doing some of the work and maybe how we've heard other people. Uh, this just seems to be a topic that I hear the verbiage a lot, but when I do ask people to explain in detail, they seem to fumble with it or have a problem with it. And and it's not at all calling anyone out. It's just making sure that you're not just creating frustration by not getting anywhere. Because with many of my clients, I'll hear them say, I feel like I've been working on this issue my whole life. And so this is just to shed some light on giving some perspective on making sure that you're really getting traction with what you call doing the work and moving forward in this growth process. So I guess my typical response, if you asked me, I relate visually. So in my head, I have like this like scanner thing that's scanning my feelings and my emotions at all times. And when I feel like a little beep, <laughs> that's when I'll come in and look at it and ask the, the wise wise and then figure it out. But you're almost talking about when you say proactive, you're talking about not just waiting for things to happen. Right, And so right. maybe go into what you mean by that. Yeah, and this may be a, a fresh perspective for many people, but, you know, if you want to be stronger in the physical body and you want to be prepared for some type of emergency that may happen in the future to where you need that strength, most people are going to prepare by exercising, by strengthening that physical body, whether that event happens or not, but just to be prepared. And this is what we're going to talk about today is how to emotionally and energetically and mentally, spiritually, as well as physically prepare and do this work on a whole new level. And a big part of that is being able to break down whatever your limitation is or your pattern or your struggle to one basic emotion. 
and and be very stern with yourself where this is concerned. You know, like uh, the emotion of anger. Normally, anger begins in frustration. So if a person wants to work on their anger, then, you know, my suggestion is to work on that through physical activity as well on the physical side, but on the the mental, emotional, and energetic, it is to work on frustration and catching that vibration at the level of frustration before it gets to anger. And if you keep that buffered in every day, anybody that's dealing with anger issues, more than likely every single day they go through frustration and probably multiple frustrations. Like many people with anger issues will have road rage. And that just comes from the frustration that the traffic isn't moving uh, however they prefer. So that's the perfect time to practice working on anger issues is in traffic when you're being held up or being detained. And we're going to get into how to shift that perspective, shift that emotion and shift that energy. And I think hopefully this is going to be very uh, helpful for a lot of people. So you're almost talking about uh, looking at the ways in which we get, uh, quote, triggered or emotional, having emotional reactions throughout the day. And I think usually we don't connect them to something bigger. They're just these little annoyances that have always been with us. But we're talking about sitting down and trying to figure out what they're connected to, a larger emotional body, then being conscious as we go throughout our day to even identifying our triggers, maybe writing them down and mm-hmm. just being conscious of, okay, so, I mean, just one example of mine, like you talk about anger issues, I, I've had one throughout my life. In my teens, I was a very angry teen. Mm-hmm. Started listening to metal and yelling at my mom. Sorry, mom. Right. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, but I still have parts of that, and I used to have road rage when I was in my teens, 20s, but I think I've, curb that mostly once in a while it comes up but but even if i have been able to quote heal or i don't know what word you want to use maybe it goes away in one area it's still there if i keep having these reoccurring issues and one reoccurring issue is like a slow computer or slow internet mm-hmm. once in a while i find myself getting upset where i'm like what are you doing mm-hmm. what why are you so slow where there's no like apparent reason why it should be slow i find myself like having that Frustration. Yeah, that emotional reaction, that frustration at the computer. And I think if I did sit down and list out, like, okay, slow computer, I know that this is one of my things that is frustration. And if I can tie it back to anger, if I have that, like, posted somewhere and I go in each day where I read that, you know, before I start my day, Mm -hmm. and then I'm where I'm trying to be conscious throughout my day, then I'll know that okay, I know my computer can trigger me. So if, if I just have that mindset, I think, going into the day, a reminder, I feel like I would be less likely to, to have that reaction because I'll be more likely to catch myself before. Right. It's kind of like the basic um, terms of setting an intention that you notice and recognize this pattern and your intention is to be aware of it. And the next step is to... Uh, Respect that we're getting into the three R's now to recognize it, to short respect, and then to eventually redirect it. And the respect is is the basic 
understanding of that is just that you don't judge it as good or bad or or throw any extra emotional flavor on it. It just is. It's a pattern that's been created. And now I want to recognize it when it's showing up. I want to respect it by not getting upset and putting any more gas on the emotional flame. And then I want to redirect the energy into a more useful way. So one of the tools that the Just Philosophy has to work with this is what we call the five pillars. And the very first pillar is find the divine order in the chaos. Or another way to say it is everything's in divine order, whether we understand it or not. This is my go-to. So whether you use one of the five pillars, and we'll go through them here, or a phrase that some people may use a verse from the Bible or uh, a verse from whatever belief system they follow or an inspirational, the main thing is just something that will bring you out of that emotional reaction, out of wanting to go deeper into that level of frustration over the computer being slow. That, yes, you've you've made this acknowledgement. Now I acknowledge this. Now I need something to bring me back to center. So it is that everything's in divine order or find the divine order in the chaos. The second one is this is the plane of polarity. So you can't have love without hate. You can't have life without death. Day without night. A fast computer without a slow computer. <laughs> a fast computer without a slow computer. So, so see, whatever we're going to appreciate, we have to have a friction or a struggle with to experience that appreciation, or that would just be the norm. So that's what helps with that polarity. And then there's a, another pillar of that everything and every situation or Every person has the opportunity to be your teacher or teach you something. It doesn't mean that there, uh, that there is necessarily definitely a divine message in every single action that is happening, but you can find one if you want to. That's the thing is that it's not being forced on you, but these messages are there if you want to look for them. Then as the fourth one, we have emotional responsibility and accountability. And this one is very important because I happen to project and feel very deeply that we're all responsible 100% for our emotional reactions. And if we're willing to accept responsibility for those emotional reactions, then that's when we truly stand in our power to shift that dynamic. It is through honoring our own vulnerability that we really initiate change. And then the fifth pillar is everything is vibration. So remembering that whatever vibration you are creating in yourself, you're putting that out into the world and we're attracting and we are attracted to certain things of different vibrations. So the vibration we choose to carry, like, are we going to choose that anger vibration over a love vibration? And if a person truly wants to break that pattern, then any five of these pillars can help bring you back to center. And we'll go deeper into these because these are also connected to the five levels of the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. But for right now, we do want to talk about this practice of being proactive in how to do the work and to recognize it, to respect it, and then to redirect it. So if anybody does want to dive deeper into the pillars and they haven't already, we do have episode 51 where we did a refresh on the pillars but we also did talk about them in our overview, which wasn't really an episode, but, but I, w- I would go to episode 51 for that. 
so are you saying that um, when you find something that brings you back to center, are you calling that shifting uh, the vibration? Yes. Yes. So you're you're coming out of that anger to get back to what I prefer is neutral. Um, sometimes we need to experience the opposite or initiate the opposite emotion to bring that neutrality back into view. And that doesn't always work, and this isn't the same as just thinking positive. I normally suggest to pull from an actual event that you've experienced on all of the levels to remember through your memory. And that, this could be something of like to just have a, a memory of something that you were angry at in the past, and then as time went on, you saw that it really worked out for your good, and this is why we can't trust these emotions they are sensitivities that throw us into reaction that normally we were taught by our environment when we were growing up. And so the big part of self-development work is, is basically raising ourselves and taking responsibility for our internal children, which are those emotions. And they can be managed, and I do suggest that when we're seeking consciousness that they're just managed very similar to children. And if we would work with ourselves and our own emotions the same way that we work with our kids, we would be much more clear in, A, how to help our kids. Because if, we, if many parents talk to themselves the way they talk to their kids, they would see the failure in that if they were trying to heal or manage some of this emotional issue. And so so this is why I really respect people that do self-development work before they get involved with kids. But when you are involved with kids, such as I was, I got with a wonderful lady that had two three-year-old twins, and they became my learning goldmine. And as I was developing things internal, I was increasing my communication and effectiveness external with them and vice versa. If I went through something external with them, then I found the internal message and I went through the morphing internally. And that's the opportunity that everyone listening here has to realize that, you know, so above, so below and so within, so without. And so we can stop putting so much focus on the situation at hand and realize that it's almost always connected to a much bigger message. And that's uh, the meat that we want to get to in this work. Yeah, one way that I do what you're saying is if I'm getting frustrated, whether I'm stuck in traffic or, I mean, I, I can even apply this to a slow computer, is that I can say to myself that, well, this is just slowing me down so that like a car accident doesn't happen right or something like that it's it's kind of recalibrating my my life uh cycle or or you're just bringing you back into connection with the flow of the universe so to say i mean people talk about being in the flow but if you're in the flow then you understand that's got to be a fluctuation and so yes taking moments that normally would frustrate you because frustration is normally around time of some sort to go inward and to realize, oh, man, I just need to take a few deep breaths and I'm just like too focused and too pushing too much of this willpower. You know, I love the saying that John Lennon had that life is what happens when we're busy making plans. And many, much of our culture is stuck in that mental aspect of 
constantly making plans that they miss the gifts that are constantly waiting. So yes, next time you're stuck in traffic, take time to be grateful that you're not in an accident somewhere down the road possibly, or that you take the moment to just look around and take in the scenery in a different way. All of these steps can help to shift that vibration because remember we are vibrational beings and these vibrations are being proven more and more even in Western medicine that they are affecting us. Our thoughts and emotions are affecting us and making our culture sick and not just our culture, any culture. So learning to balance and manage this physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual levels is what this philosophy is all about, and I really enjoy helping people get there. So to take a step back, if somebody wants to go through this process so far, and I'll just use myself as an example, if, I mean, I really do get frustrated once in a while with a slow computer when I when I get off center, and if I was to re, if I was to connect it to a bigger emotion, uh, I, you would say anger. Do I go further than that? Like, where did this anger originate? Well, uh, I mean, you can go to that, uh, and that, and that is going to be important to truly move through the processing. Uh, but many times it's useful to get to the management stage uh, before the processing. And a lot of times people will try to jump to healing and they haven't learned to manage or process. And so so these steps are very important. And that's why I think that the, the practicing, you know, can really help you to get to those deeper answers. But the more important thing is that you know what to do once you get to those deeper answers. Like, you know, once you get to maybe remembering the first initiation of anger, maybe when you were seven years old and a sibling held you down or something like that, and you can connect and remember that being the very first time that you experienced anger. Yes, there's forgiveness that needs to happen there, but the more that you work on practicing your management of it to get in and out of it, from my perspective, the quicker you're going to be able to get to forgiveness and releasing the role players in this situation, the hypothetical, I just said, you know, the sibling. And it's challenging, you know, a whole other subject is around forgiveness. And many people think that they forgive, but they may only forgive mentally. And they hadn't truly gone through these other levels or layers of forgiveness. And so so that's another tricky subject that maybe we'll touch on sometime. But in true forgiveness, there's you're you're truly done with any negative thoughts when that person's name comes up or a thought of them and you've truly released that. And I think many times people look at forgiveness if they just don't think about the person or the situation as much as they used to. They go, Well, I've forgiven them just because I don't think about it. So so all of you listeners, you know, really be clear that you're not fooling yourself where forgiveness is concerned because that's your gift. To truly forgive is to release all of those vibrations. And from the Just Philosophy's perspective is seeing them as playing roles to help you to learn to be a better person. And that's the way that I work with forgiveness hand-in-hand with release work. Definitely adding that to the list of episodes to do in the immediate future. I think that would be a good one. So when we're talking about my root cause of the frustration, would it be okay to explain it this way as 
like the anger is like the initial wound and the frustration that I'm experiencing on like a daily basis is like it's spreading and by managing we're stopping the spread but the wound's still there and then the processing is starting to heal the wound and then eventually maybe the forgiveness and there's probably other parts mm-hmm. would come in to actually heal it and then once it's healed it, there's no more spread so there's no more like management in a way yes and i mean i think that was very very well described and you know we're going to do an episode at some point around you know healing and is there is there really any healing or do we just get to a master level of management um cuz healing sometimes can come across as uh things are back 100% as good as they ever were and once a trauma happens, things are never back the same. So we do want to suggest people to kind of get away from that idea of healing and what that means. And if you do choose to look at, you know, from a management standpoint, we can always learn to manage things better. And that isn't just a a masculine energy. Management isn't just masculine. And it may come across like that to some people, but but mothers that typically are even taking care of children, but they have like a structure and they have time frames and they're consistent with that. That's management. And many times those are the mothers that uh, get the best results and the, the least exhaustion in their energy of trying to to keep up with a random schedule. So so be careful with that term healing and and you know just consider management or something similar uh that's the way that i look at you know raising children as well is that you're learning to manage them because management implies that you're teaching as well you're you're not directing see management isn't directing management is just that normally you're empowering the person to do better at whatever they're doing because you want to be less involved so the proper manager manages very little because they teach as they go so so play with that those two terms of managing our traumas and healing because i think most many people are looking to be back like they were instead of accepting that they are completely different and that's what had to make a shift with me when i went through my traumatic experiences to to release that old me and step into strengthening the so-called new me and learning to manage these these new uh, pains, discomforts, uh, issues in a way that I can still function at an extremely high level, uh, meanwhile being able to share with people uh, this process and help them. So let's get back to uh, the idea of shifting your vibration and why is this important? And again, we're talking about once you get in that emotional state, you're shifting back to a grounded view so that you can see things more clearly. But why is this important for us to do in our practice? Well, in that not just a being a pillar, but in from an understanding of physics that everything is vibration, that whatever vibration we are putting out, we're either charging our energetic field or subtle energy or we're depleting. Energy is never stagnant, uh, so to say. It's moving one way or another. And so just as relationships are always growing, you're either growing closer together or you're growing further apart. 
And in relationships, sometimes it's both. It's just the interaction of both. And that's the dance of life. And paying attention to your vibration is getting us closer to what I like to call feeling. And those that have listened to past podcasts have heard me say that, you know, potentially the only feeling may be love and every other experience that we have is some type of emotion. But love is that that neutrality. It's not a it's not a pining for anything. It's not a needing for anything to be different. It's not healing or helping or changing anyone. It's just a feeling that everyone can resonate with. And so that vibration that if we're feeling any judgment at all, then we are draining our energetic field, and that's what almost all emotions are connected to. But if we stay in acceptance and we stay in compassion and we stay in love, that vibration is charging for us and for everyone around us. So that's why managing the emotions is so important because of how all of these different levels are connected. You know, I'll break this down again that any issue that you may be having, whether it's a physical pain or thought issues or whatever it is, you know, consider that it may have a spiritual beginning. And the spiritual beginning is the judgment. As it was said in the Bible, Jesus said to judge not. But when we do, what happens is we create a draining cycle into our energetic field once those negative emotions are activated. So the judgment comes in, the emotions are activated, the energy field starts to drain, and now we're getting into the physical body starting to be affected by all of those steps of going through. So once again, I'll do it step by step. The spiritual is the judgment Then the assessing of that judgment is the mental. It activates an emotion. The emotion drains the energetic field, which weakens the physical body. So this is why our vibration and the vibration we're holding, the thoughts that we're thinking, the the emotions that we're allowing is very, very important for our optimal health and how effective we want to be. And so this is why proactive practicing these so-called weaknesses that we have or maybe family lineage that's been passed to us, we can break it by stopping to judge it, just want to hold a different vibration, going through every time, if it is an anger issue, then every time anger or frustration comes up, we work to utilize one of the five pillars to bring us back to center Stillness is a big part of this. It doesn't have to be meditation or anything that strict, but just being still to be able to recognize how you feel or how you are vibrating. And if the heart's racing, then you want to slow that heart rate down. If you're raging or you're upset, you want to sit there until that dissipates. And so I think it can be useful to just for people to make a list of these five pillars And whenever you get emotional to just start at number one and just go through all three of them until you can mentally connect and energetically and emotionally and spiritually get back to that center of acceptance. And that's what slows down the growth, as you were saying earlier, or the spread of, you know, the trauma and the emotions that's connected to the traumas. And see, many times once a person gets to a place where they feel comfortable managing that, 
then they can optimally process the true release of it. So, um, you know, I think that that this is going to give a little bit of a wider and possibly different view of how to do what we call the work. And this term is is used very, very much, but this is intentional practice of the work. So I, I get the idea of shifting your vibration as soon as possible, because especially if you're around other people, you don't want to bum them out. You don't want to bring them down with you. And, you know, if you love that person, you know, you want to enjoy them while they're in your presence and not be in that that mood, that lower vibration when you could be experiencing life on a, on a different level with that person. And I think it's also um, an important important to be conscious if you know their human design and you know like their emotional center is non-activated or open, that they are also going to be absorbing your energy if you are in a lower vibration. So there's almost that responsibility as well for the people around you that you kind of have, right? Yes, yes. And that's why that's one of the five pillars, that emotional responsibility and accountability because I, you know, I do feel that it is possible for most everyone to learn to not dump their emotional baggage on others. And at the same time, we do want to, you know, carry a lot of um, empathy and sympathy for people and their traumas. We're not belittling and judging anyone. Uh, we just want to suggest that the sooner that you work on managing these reactions, you can get to your processing and releasing. And that's why daily practice, and this is this should be something that you can initiate every single day because if anybody's got a habit or an emotion that they want to work on or better, then I can almost guarantee that something is happening every day to activate that emotion or emotions very closely related. And that gives you the opportunity to... Yes, be able to get to stillness, be able to check in at how you feel, to want to shift that so-called feeling that you have, to use an external tool mentally, to change your perspective, such as one of the five pillars, and then don't go into action until you have shifted that energy. And normally, the more that you practice that, the faster you will be able to shift it. It may start out at being uh, hours before you can shift it. So you may not be able to just sit in stillness the whole time, but just recognize that take however long, ever long it takes, but keep revisiting one of those pillars or something of inspiration that keeps bringing you closer and closer to that center. See, I'm not talking about just thinking about something positive, thinking, bringing yourself back to something that you know is truth, is your truth. That's the main thing is something that will bring us back to our truth that we have recognized and celebrated when we're not emotional. And that's the reminder. You know, for me personally, death is the greatest reminder. I've been through, you know, so much of it and I've talked about a lot in previous episodes. Um, And so anytime that I get emotional, especially if it's with another individual and especially if they're close to me, you know, that's a consideration. I just think, how big of a deal would this be if I didn't get to see them ever again after this visit? And I know from personal experience that the importance of that moment would drop very, very much when put in, you know, the view of a whole life. 
So, so those of you that have been through loss, you know, consider getting to love by remembering what loss feels like and shifting your vibration. And I use that with my boys that anytime that I got frustrated with them growing up, I could just consider what if one of both of them wasn't around tomorrow, would this be a big deal? And the answer was 100% of the time, no. And that helped me to get centered before engaging with them of any discipline or anything. And so it assisted in the long run, them being able to receive and, and now they carry, you know, a different vibration as adults. Where would the idea of sitting in it, sitting in your emotion, where would that fall into shifting your vibration? Because I've heard the term, I've done it myself, where I was kind of like sick of a behavior that I was doing that was leading to myself feeling hurt, which was activating, you know, a larger emotion at the core. Mm -hmm. Maybe, uh, I mean, if I wanted to get specific, I could talk about um, an approval issue Mm -hmm. that that I have from my childhood. And I would just like sit and actually this happened the other day where I felt hurt and in my solar plexus. And it was one of those where it was like deep, and I, and I allowed it to happen. And I did something that we've talked about where, I mean, you've talked about, I don't know I'm, if it was on the podcast or just in our personal conversations where you rub your stomach mm-hmm. and you kind of reaffirm yourself. But I also tapped into the 360 degree view of emotional processing where I was imagining a time when I felt fulfilled in that, in that area. And I was bringing that in and I was just talking to myself and reassuring myself and and in what I know to be true because this is a false sense that I'm feeling and so I laid there for about 15 minutes just doing that and I mean I can't say that that was enough time but it was enough in that moment Mm -hmm. to see that you felt yeah 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 exactly uh so where does that come in? Where is it good to do that and where maybe not so much? Yeah, and it's excellent that you brought that up because that is a great technique of how to do that because that rubbing of the physical body can take you back to childhood. And this is like if it's a solar plexus, then many times it is something around trust. So remembering a time when we felt safe and felt nurtured maybe by our mother or something like that can help on that physical level. And remembering when you did overcome something similar, an actual event can help with that that healing as well. So looking at, you know, combining all of this is we talk about a few different kind of approaches because depending on yeah the situation, the emotion that's hand, we may need two or three different ways to begin. And sometimes it is balancing it out by bringing in a direct experience of something opposite that you're dealing with. Sometimes it is just allowing and accepting. And and this is what I'm trying to get people to get to is whatever you need to do to get to the acceptance that, okay, I'm hurt. My trust has been broken. And for that to be okay, for for us to be recognized as emotional beings, that there's not something wrong with us when we feel emotions, but we just need to learn to process them. So being able to go through that that hurt and allow it because that little boy or little girl, that's what it feels like when we're young and we get hurt like that. And to not judge it that it's something wrong, just like if there's a 
say, five-year-old uh, boy that you're talking to, and you're trying, they're telling you what they're experiencing that's similar to yours, how you would talk to them. You would tell them about, you would look to pick them up to maybe try to tell them, hey, remember when you did this? So see, whatever we do or think that we would do with a child, many times, if that's an optimal way, it will work with us. So whether you bring in that time or that situation that did work out uh, that was similar to help balance that out, or you just sit in that sadness and say, it's okay, I feel hurt. And that's what, this is what hurt feels like. And you can use some of the mental processing to say, am I going, is this going to make me stop trusting? Then, you know, the answer is no. So you can go through down that mental path of, of kind of giving yourself a checklist. Am I going to let this overpower love? You know, it's no. It's whatever you need to shift that vibration. Like you said, it took you about 15 minutes. But it is important to whatever it takes to get to that acceptance and not judge it. Because once we get to the acceptance and like, if I tell that little five-year-old boy, it's okay that you're upset. It's okay that that Tina hurt your feelings, but I'm sure she didn't mean to. And let's, let's dissect this a little bit. And so we can almost do it, any of those that takes time with children, like almost automatically with something external. We just need to remember some similar things about how we would do that to ourselves. If if the little boy's stomach is hurting, sometimes just touching it and rubbing it helps. So that's why I suggest to think about doing that sometimes. So I hope that this isn't being seen as any kind of competitive methods, but different ways to approach it to mainly get to accepting yourself in that emotion. But acceptance does not mean condoning people. It does not mean that it's right that you're to take it out on somebody else. Just accepting means that you don't have to be a bad person because you're having this experience. And now that we accept that we're having this experience, let's work to shift that vibration to bring it back to a more centered and conscious way of looking at it. And that's what we want to get to is the practicing of how long it takes to get in and out of that emotion. And then that sets us up for that release and that forgiveness work um, to help that complete processing of the emotions. I think too often we talk about what an ideal situation looks like, but we may not always explain what it would look like if we didn't do it. And and I think if you know, explaining these situations gives the the listeners uh, a more of a way to identify when this is happening. So so if I didn't do that process for that 15 minutes to get back into vibration, what are some ways that I, I may have projected or or taken that emotion if I didn't understand it fully? Because, I mean, people are running around outside. I mean, this is happening everywhere we are where people don't understand their emotions fully and aren't being conscious and just thinking that it's part of them. And so they're reacting based on their emotions. So what are some ways that you could project that I could have uh, resp- or reacted in well, well, yes. I mean, if if you hadn't have made that vibrational shift, then hypothetically you could have been coming over here to do a podcast that day. First of all, uh, best case scenario, you probably wouldn't have just been in a good general mood. But at the same time, if I brought up anything that was around any subject around trust or say I brought up anything questioning you in any way because you're at a level of sensitivity 
you could misconstrue and misunderstand something that I'm talking very general that you're taking very personal. And this does happen all the time because if we don't shift that vibration, you're taking that vibration into your next interaction. And you are not experiencing that interaction clearly or consciously. You're Now you're experiencing it through the goggles of this little wound. And that makes us take in the information in a perverted or distorted way. And so this is why the majority of the time when somebody gets upset and the other person says, well, what did I say? When the person upset says back what was said, it's hardly ever the same words. It's almost always embellished. And then, you know, the original person says, but I didn't say that. And they say, well, this is what I, that's what I heard. Well, exactly. So see, this is the responsibility that the giver can't be responsible for 100% of how the person receives it. The, the giver's intention is very important, but us as the receivers carry the most power, how you choose to receive it. And so so I, I have a saying that I share with everybody I come in contact with. If I ever say or do anything that rubs you the wrong way, know 100% of the time that something has been misconstrued. Because I know there is nothing to gain by creating friction with people through communication. And and that's what my work is all about, is helping people to understand that. But when I come up with that saying, or when I was gifted it from the divine, I thought I'd found a goldmine answer. I thought my problems with communication with people were coming to an end. Well, I was wrong. Because you can give that structure, but when somebody gets in their emotions, they don't always remember consciously uh, what what is their truth. And so this is the point about working on practicing this process before getting to the release and the complete processing and forgiveness is that that uh, practicing that that release of getting in and out, uh, certainly helps it set up to be more realistic to truly forgive rather than just partially forgive. And I wanted to bring in an example that you've used in the past, but I think it's relevant here, and it and it is slightly different than my example of rubbing my stomach and sitting in it would be if you're a smoker and you want to quit, but you can't just seem to kick that behavior. Yes, yeah, so something that is like a, we'll call that a, a physical habit, that is looking to break in order to set that true transition, set that up for true success. A person I feel like really needs to be at a place of truly ready to, to release that. And sometimes it can help to get to a point of like just disgust. And that many times can be attained through acceptance And this may be challenging for some people to accept. When you can get to acceptance, that's when you can invite disgust in. But if you invite disgust in before acceptance, which is what most people do, they judge themselves before they accept it, then that very rarely turns out to be useful. It normally deteriorates and the person gives in and just starts back with the pattern. So that's why the acceptance is so important that that you're sitting in the experience with non-judgment. 
And when you can sit there and experience a non-judgment, then you can start to dissect and then go, okay, what do I really get out of this action? Okay, there's a tactile thing with cigarettes and holding that in my hand. So, okay, I can get, you know, other options of that, of pencils, of, of different things that uh, may keep my fingers um, busy, even a toothpick. And then you want to look at, like, what you're, like, look at the smoke and you're, you're, um, you're, you're accepting that you're, you're sucking that into your lungs. And is that, like, really good for you? And you can get a very clear very quickly mentally that, yes, this probably isn't, like, good for me. It makes my, then smell your fingers, makes your clothes and your fingers smell. But see, you're not in judgment. You're in acceptance and you're just looking to go, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. So see, the disgust isn't, the point isn't to get to the judgment of disgust. It's to get to the acceptance of it, of this is really disgusting and this gives me the power to to really stand firm in wanting to stop this pattern. We can't fool ourselves into being, into really doing the work. You've got, that's why intention is so important, that if you are fooling yourself, the intention will not be strong enough for the actions to follow. And many people talk about a lot of stuff, but it would be very helpful if we only talked about what we're really intentional about. And that's yet a whole other subject and practice within itself. But that acceptance is what truly non-judgment is what sets up for you to truly have the experience in a different way and to go through like the five levels. Yeah, what am I getting out of this spiritually? What am I getting this mentally, emotionally, energetically, you know, physically? And and that that level of dissatisfaction through acceptance. And I hope that's coming across because you have to stay out of the judgment. That's the key. And when we just get disgusted, it's just like saying, I don't prefer that. I don't prefer for my fingers in my clothes to smell like cigarette smoke. I would prefer it to smell nice. And when people hug me, that they like the way that that smells. So, so to see, that becomes the incentive. But that happens through the marriage of acceptance and then disgust and then release and change. Yeah, I think if we get to disgust before acceptance, it becomes... Uh, a teardown of ourselves because then we're judging ourselves and we're frustrated at ourselves and then it's like I'm not good enough and then you're that that energy placing on yourself is only going to lower yourself so then you don't want to raise yourself up and then it's just going to compile the situation and you're just going to do it more at least in my opinion and I think in clearing that up even more you know to shift the word to from disgust uh, to non-preference just this is no longer my preference you know disgust is a little bit of a harsh word and I can use that for myself and not take it negatively just like you know I can talk about failure and I don't take that negatively because it's just an opportunity to grow but with people out there to help clarify it probably would be good to just substitute uh, disgust the emotion with just non-preference and that you're following and you're accepting that you're not in preference with this and that's what's going to be the incentive to create uh, a different preference over here and a different pattern to practice to replace. So that's what we're looking at is you you change or you stop one pattern by creating a beneficial pattern uh, normally through the polarity about whatever's on the other, um, other side, so to say. So when we're talking about proactively practicing 
the work and shifting our vibration, one thing that's really important going into it to do both of these things consciously is our state on all five levels of wellness. Maybe you can go into that. like Because I feel like if we're tired, then we're not going to be as conscious and things are probably going to wear us out where wear on us and frustrate us more often and earlier than if we were, you know, in a good level on all five levels. Cause then we have the energy to take this on and we wouldn't get, you know, we wouldn't be short with people. We wouldn't get frustrated as fast as fast. Yes. Yes. And uh, of course they, they are all connected and anytime one of them gets out of balance, it drastically affects all of them. And you did choose you know, the physical, to say, yes, when the physical body gets tired or hungry, it affects the energy field, it affects the emotions, it affects the mental um, and the spiritual connection. So so many times people come to me in my private practice and they'll even say something like, I'm just really not happy with my life, but I don't have any reason not to be and I don't know what's wrong with me, you know. And many times we'll just start at you know, the spiritual and to say, okay, we'll share with me a little bit where you're at spiritually, you know, mentally, emotionally. We just kind of go through those steps and normally we'll always find something that is, you know, kind of clogging up the the flow on one of those levels. And then you can just branch out from whatever level that is and see, uh, you know, they are kind of connected in uh, that order. The way that I see it is the, the spiritual you know, activates the mental, which activates the emotional, which activates the energetic, which activates the physical. So when you're, when you get to whatever level that you're having the issue with, then the one before it and the one afterward, after it is directly connected typically, but they're all connected through the flow. So I think that that's uh, very important for somebody to be able to to dissect and see which level is the blockage actually in and then go from there. So to wrap up this episode, Alexander, I talked about referencing the five pillars maybe every day as you wake up as a refresh, as a reminder on ways to get back to center and be able to shift our vibration when these when these little annoyances start to come in and create e- emotional shifts in us. Are there any other um, practices that you might suggest that somebody do in the mornings? Yeah, I think that is a great idea to, you know, have a copy of these pillars to read through. I think it's useful for, like you were mentioning, to recognize the things that you do want to shift or at least put those in your awareness. And to me, that shows respect, you know, and then the likelihood of redirection back to the three R's is is more likely uh, because when you recognize the things that you want to shift, again, you don't want to be judging them. You don't want to say, this is bad and I want to stop doing this. It doesn't have to have judgment. You can just look at it as you want to shift the vibration because you don't like the way that that feels. You don't want to like what that projects out, but it doesn't have to be that level of judgment. It's just that, yes, I like the way that this feels and I like the ripples that this puts out over here. So let me practice this more once I recognize that this old uh, habit over here is being activated. Then let me put in place a system which the whole just philosophy is, you know, developed for specifically this. And uh, then it's just repetition and we call it chop wood and carry water and you just do it 
daily, and that's what shifts vibrations. Once again, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. And so one more thing. You talked about the ripple of the vibration. You have talked about doing this work is a way to stop the ripples, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe we can end on that. Yeah, so you know when you do shift that vibration, like normally if – you become angry, then you've probably got that from somebody either coming at you to initiate the anger or them frustrating you by not doing. So many times these emotions are being tossed around and yeah, then you could bring it here. Then I might talk with somebody and pass it on. And this is like what happens. So when you are able to recognize, respect and redirect the energy or the emotion, you stop the ripple with you. And This in uh, family work is one of the most uh, useful and powerful tools that you realize that when you stop doing a tennis match back and forth with emotions with people and you allow the ripple to just stop with you, that's when you'll start to see people shift and change. And we bring this back around to just be the example. Be the example and don't expect others to be doing or... um, or reciprocating what you're doing uh, because you're probably breaking into this and many people that break into self-development work, uh, this is very typical that they don't have the support or the understanding of their family because you are changing the family lineage. And our families most of the time like us to stay who we are rather than supporting us to become who we are here to be. So let's continue to love our family and find your tribe. And, you know, do everything you can to support your family outside of your own personal views. And then with your tribe, discuss your views and go to them for, for the majority of your help. But, uh, but love that family and find your tribe, people. And just a reminder, I should, I should say this on every episode, but I'm going to start by saying it today. Uh, I've been putting links to episodes that are relevant to what we're discussing and we, and we may even actually call out the episode. I've been putting those in the show notes. So if you guys are wanting to expand uh, into the other aspects that we've been bringing in to the most recent few episodes, I have been adding those links into into the notes. So be sure to check that out if you want more. But for now, let's stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.